It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. This podcast is dedicated to B movies everywhere. If you have to ask whether your film is a B-movie, it probably is. Is my cock okay? <laughs> <laughs> Seemed to be a running theme in uh, this week's B-movie breakdown, and that's uh, what this podcast is, a weekly podcast where we find humor and enjoyment in low-budget and lesser-known films of the past and present. Home of the good, the bad, and the what-the-fuck. Each, me- each week's movie will be revealed in the prior episodes, so you two can join in on the madness. Uh, every movie we watch Usually is available on Netflix or available on YouTube. You can listen to us if you subscribe on iTunes, on our website, bnbpodcast.com, or on Stitcher. You can reach us on our site, our email, bnbpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at bnbpodcast, or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash bnbpodcast. Uh, send any suggestions, uh, thoughts on movies, or whatever else you want to say to those things, and we will uh, answer your questions and take your suggestions for sure. Uh, I'm Corey. I'm DRC. And this week, in episode 13, we are taking on... (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, I'm FDRC. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Frank. I gotta master the cigarette holder, but (laughs) once I do... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this week we are mastering, we are taking on the... uh, New classic, FDR American Badass, <laughs> from the people who brought you Pool Boy Drowning Out the Fury. Uh, was well, a movie that I really, really love, a movie I didn't know anything about before going into it. Me too. And I absolutely love Pool yep. Boy Drowning Out the Fury. It was written and directed by Ross Patterson. This movie was also written by Ross Patterson. Uh, the, that guy, the guy, he's absolutely hilarious. When the way he plays his characters are... Absolutely insane too, especially in this movie. His character Cleavon Buford. It was absolutely oh my, my god, yes. Was absolutely my favorite character throughout the whole movie. I wish he would have been in it more, but I think it's it's good that he's not just writing these movies around himself and he's, you know, letting other people have a chance to shine, but oh my god. Yeah, his character was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so the movie is a is obviously a very interesting take on history. Um, <laughs> after watching this, I'd like to believe that this is what really happened <laughs> because it's just so amazing. Uh, if you, I mean, like recently they came out with American or um, not American Abraham Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln Vampire, Vampire Hunter, Hunter, which I thought was going to be really ridiculous, and instead they went for really serious and made like vampires a a metaphor for slavery basically and oh we must defeat this demon and you know it was it was all right for an action movie but i thought it was going to be a lot goofier and just more outrageous and it really wasn't and now this movie was definitely oh yeah this movie was everything i'd hoped for i initially saw the trailer for this in march of last year and then didn't come out till what, October, late October, and then Something it only like yeah. only recently became available on Netflix. Unfortunately, no stores around me wanted to carry it, so I hadn't seen it. I mean, I could have ordered it online, but I'd preferred to really get it in the store. But 
Well, I guess I'll just have to order it online now because it was so outstanding. <laughs> yeah, the movie was just absolutely ridiculous. It stars Barry Bostwick uh, from uh, Spin, Spin City, Spin City fame, and he's been in a lot of other movies and uh, whatnot. And there was uh, who else was in it? There was a lot of a lot of people in it. Uh, what's the one guy's name? Bruce McGill. He was uh, in Animal House, and he's been in a ton of movies. I think that's kind of what started his whole thing. Ray Ray Weiss was in it. Kevin Sorbo had a small cameo. If you've seen Pool Boy, you kind of get the connection. Kevin Sorbo was amazing in this movie. He played Abraham Lincoln. Oh, and that was Sorbo. Yeah, oh that was Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> he was great as Abraham Lincoln. Uh, FDR and Abraham Lincoln getting high together, <laughs> yeah. which is absolutely amazing. I especially liked how he was like, oh, he's like, oh yeah, I visit every president that starts getting high. He's like, I'll be visiting Obama a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and there were a lot of, like, smaller people in this movie. Uh, I mean, it's a low-budget movie, but it was absolutely hilarious. Ross Patterson, like I said, wrote this movie, and he's also in it. Uh, Lynn Shea was Eleanor Roosevelt. That lady's been in a billion movies, too. So, And she was hilarious as Eleanor Roosevelt. Just the whole movie was just absolutely ridiculous. It starts off with this whole speech, and he's talking about how you you don't just you're not just a badass. You're you're not just born into badassery. Some people have it thrust upon them. Yeah, and he's. Uh, I mean, this movie it was so hard to keep up with what was going on in like writing stuff down for notes because they're just so ridiculous. I almost had to like write like in parentheses what the scene was going on because I was too busy writing other things that were going on as opposed to like the really like you know, uh, important things that were going on in the thing. Oh, it just jumps right into it, too. Um, FDR is governor at the time, and he's got a small hunting party in the woods, and then he, he's in the middle of a story. He's like, oh, but that was Woodrow Wilson for you. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's, what, that's one of the first things I wrote down was Woodrow Wilson doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, because it starts off And we with, find that out for, for sure later. Yeah, and it starts off... With FDR, his buddy Lewis, and Woodrow Wilson in the woods. Right? That was the three of them. No, not Woodrow Wilson. Why would they be talking about him in the third person if he was there? For some reason, I thought he was there. Oh, no, no, no. I'm forgetting. There was so much that happened in this movie, I'm forgetting. There are two other guys there. They get killed by the werewolf. Yeah, they get killed by this werewolf that comes out. And the werewolf, the first werewolf kind of looks shitty. Oh, yeah, he looks I, like Chewbacca, but, yeah. you know, I I like that, though. I like that as soon as they see him, and it's broad daylight, too, not yeah. under the full moon or anything. Oh, my God, it's a werewolf. Oh, Frank, he's got the pole. They carry the polio. We gotta get away. He's like, fuck polio. <laughs> yeah, that was so great, the fu- fuck polio line. Uh, and then, who was the other guy they were with? They're like, oh, he's not going to get away. He's too fat and weak. Of course he's not going to get away. <laughs> the one guy he got, he got, um... Oh, I I he, don't know his name, but he's been in a lot of little things, too. He got his heart ripped out, and then he the world threw it at Lewis's face, and he goes, why even spend the time to do that? <laughs> the world just shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and then... I like how FDR had that gun and it said El- uh, U- Eleanor Eulogy Maker <laughs> on the side of the gun. <laughs> Which he ends up getting attacked by the werewolf and that's how he got polio. Yeah, he gets bit in the leg and exclaims, Oh, sick goblins! 
just, it was kind of weird though, like I was mentioning before about the werewolf looking kind of shitty at first, because later on they actually don't look half bad. Like the makeup job I thought was fairly done pretty well for being as low, as low budget as this movie was. Oh yeah. So like the first one, like it was much of why, I don't know why it looked like Chewbacca so much and the rest of them look like, like wolf people, like in a cheesy B movie as opposed to Chewbacca. Like the first, it basically looked like if you took Chewbacca and mixed it with Al Borland from Home Improvement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is a damn flannel he's wearing. Cause you know, werewolves in their flannel. <laughs> And so must have been a Midwest werewolf. And I love how right it cuts right to the hospital, and the first thing he asks is if his cock still works. <laughs> yeah. He like doesn't care that he has polio. He's just more worried about if his is if his cack still works. <laughs> and he pulls back the sheet to show him like, no, Frank, you won't be winning any foot races ever again. You can't walk. He pulls back the sheets and he sees these tiny little like somebody else's. Short, you know, shaved baby legs, and then they're just like spasming the whole time. <laughs> Anytime they showed anybody's legs, like the Cleveland Buford had polio in one leg. Yeah, and he was, and, like... and he his one leg was like little and shaking the whole time. <laughs> I just loved. It. Anytime they pulled up the sheets and they showed his legs, and they were just like and then flopping all he kept around, pissing off his buddy too. And then he's like, uh, like, "Oh God, stop it, Frank! I can't stand to see that." And he's like, "Well, tell you what, cancel my uh, my soccer camp tomorrow. Yeah. I don't think I'll be any." good oh god damn it frank <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like were people that disgusted by polio legs or <laughs> like it made me question like you know was that like a thing like people were so disgusted i don't by think people so. with polio I just, legs i just think ross patterson's trying yeah. to be as big of a dick as oh yeah <laughs> and then they're, they kept comparing po- people's legs who had polio to like old shriveled up hot dogs <laughs> and it kept coming back over and over again about how they look like hot dogs well immediately eleanor's thing is she doesn't want to even sleep in the same bed with him anymore because she can't stand the legs like that i can't sleep with those hot dog legs. Yeah, they're like, his shriveled up polio legs. And then she's like going on and on about it in the hospital room and he's like, shut the fuck up, Eleanor! (laughs) I think he said that to her multiple times throughout the movie. Oh, let's see. Some of the other shit in the hospital. How do you feel, Frank? Like a bag full of dicks at a lesbian convention. (laughs) And then... He's talking to the nurse. He calls her kitten tits. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're so worried about him not having his legs because he's currently at this point in the movie and in history where it's you know their history he's the governor at this point and he's going to be running for president so they're so worried about it and lewis is like cut my legs off and sew them onto his body <laughs> and even eleanor's like well, i think we should really look into sewing, <laughs> cutting your legs off and sewing onto his body uh. and then there's that um the little polio, the kid who has polio that comes in. <laughs> little Tommy or whatever. He only just found out he has polio, yet somehow the world knows now, instantly. <laughs> and then they, uh, while he, while FDR is talking to the kid who has polio. And making fun of him, no Yeah, less. making fun of him, Yeah, even though he has polio. Uh, Lewis is, in, like, the coroner, or, like, you know, part, like of the um, hospital and they are examining the werewolf and they find out that he has a swastika tattoo on his chest. <laughs> and I like how he's like, how do you know he's German? Oh, look at his possessions. A German to English dictionary. Yeah. yeah, and then he's like, oh, and the oh, and the swastika on his chest. It's fairly obvious. And and I loved his wheelchair. His wheelchair, you could, it was like so makeshift. It was just like, it literally was 
Oh, like an, it had the parts to an old, older, like old tiny wheelchair, but then the back of it was just like a chair that they had, like probably sitting around. Yeah. It looked like a newer chair. <laughs> like it was just like the back of a chair with like put onto an old timey wh- wheelchair. Uh, which sometimes his wheelchair was really little, and sometimes it was like awfully big. <laughs> like I noticed that sometimes, like I think they were just changing. They changed it out when they filmed different scenes and stuff like that. And um, and then the, when the little kid comes in, he's stuttering, and he goes, "Is polio gonna make me stutter?" <laughs> no, that's a separate thing. Oh, thank God! <laughs> so like the kid helps him into the wheelchair. He's like, "Well, now we're t- t- twins." <laughs> what a bitch! <laughs> oh my God! There hasn't been a werewolf attack on a, a public figure since Lincoln in 1860. Well, I'd ask him why that happened, but well, forgot he got his head blown off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's giving that speech outside the hospital when he's released, and he's like cracking Lincoln jokes, and the whole all the reporters and all the whole crowd out there that's chanting FDR, they're all like cracking up at his Lincoln jokes. And uh, actually, when Kevin Sorbo plays Lincoln, I like that part where he goes, uh, "What did he say?" Oh, he goes, yeah, Mary Todd just had, had to, to go see to that fucking show. Yeah, she just had to see that fucking play. Yeah, and then he goes, Marco, polio! Yeah. <laughs> it's like as if FDR was like this charismatic, jokey, like, public figure. <laughs> this very, like, whoa, like oh. a sitcom character almost. Oh, news of your attacks in all the papers, Frank. Well, I hope it mentions my cock still working. Yeah, and then he's talking about raping uh, the prisoner in his mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he's giving that speech outside the thing, he's, like, talking about how, oh, yeah, I just raped the prisoner in my mind, and he's... Uh, well, they they start out immediately asking him about polio. He's like, well, if I would have known you were going to try to fuck me, I would have worn a nicer gown. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was this woman standing outside there, and it said, marry me, marry me, FDR, but, of course, be- first there must be a proper courting. Yeah. <laughs> a courting process. And then, uh... Actually, one of the reporters I had recognized from Major League Two, <laughs> he played the catcher in Major League Two. Um, I can't remember his character's name, but he said the one line like, women, you can't live with them, and they can't pee standing up. <laughs> and yeah, I, I recognized that guy right away from uh, Major League. So, and then every time they cut, a lot of times when they cut from scene to scene, they do almost like the Adam West Batman. Oh, yeah. But the seal of the the presidency. Yeah, instead of the bat logo, it's the seal of the presidency. And uh, Eleanor, she just... She goes off on these rants so many times just about how much she hates his legs. Like, even (laughs) when they first put him in his room, when they get back from the hospital, she's like, oh, my God, I just can't stand his legs. And it's just so ridiculous. Um, I don't know why I wrote this down. Ten-year-old in a White House... Oh, in a whorehouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, wrote, I, I was as nervous as a 10-year-old yeah. in a whorehouse. Yeah, there we go. I thought I wrote White House down. I was trying to write some of this stuff so fast that it was uh, getting a little sloppy. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we immediately, like, not only did people know about his polio, but the crowd was clamoring for him to run for president. So they cut to him on the campaign trail, and he's just going around with all these interesting little uh, vignettes here where he He's talking to to some miners trying to get their votes, and he's like, uh, so then the woman rushes out of the, the whorehouse, you know, completely topless, and says, no, I said we don't serve miners. You, sir, are well over 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I liked, uh, 
Oh, I like the part where he's talking to the dock workers. Yeah, what about Tommy? Well, he used to work down on the docks, but <laughs> he started to hear the, the tune to Living on a Prayer come up. Yeah, yeah, then they recite like the whole like first lyrics to Living on a Prayer, like, he was living on a prayer, damn it! <laughs> I'm not going to leave you to live on a prayer. <laughs> yeah, and then they pull up, this is when we're introduced to Ross Patterson's character, Clavon Buford, which was absolutely my favorite. Down and, in Warm Springs, Georgia. Yeah. They pull up and he's like beautiful melons and beautiful melons, ma'am. She's like, uh, yes, they're ripe for the picking. And he's like, I was talking about your tits. She goes, so was I. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. Mr. Cleavon Buford yeah, shows up, he's congressman like, from Georgia. Yeah, and he's like, he's just such a ridiculous character. Introduces himself as a repube. Yeah. He goes, excuse me. A repube, sir. You mean a Republican? No, on the form I filled out when I ran for office, it said repube. You sure about that? It was a professional form, sir. It was typed on paper. Maybe even double-spaced. <laughs> and he's like, are you sure he wasn't just short for repub? <laughs> he's like, nope. It definitely said repube. I kept the form in an envelope that said official, so I know it's real. <laughs> and he was just, and he just kept offering his wife to them. Oh yeah, like that was like his thing. Like he just was constantly offering his wife, and, and she was even like, "I'll go down on y'all." <laughs> she will. <laughs> and then he goes, "Well, you, he's like, how can you turn down my cousin? Yeah. I mean, my wife." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh and then he's like well you guys should come in he keeps trying to get him, convince him to come in and and he's like we got moonshine that doesn't taste like asshole grease flavor yeah <laughs> so then another one of their wonderful stories we come in the middle of so i told her to Keep her knees bent, back straight, feet shoulder width apart, and keep the strokes to a minimum. She can't golf worth a shit, but she can give a mean blowjob. <laughs> she looks at FDR and goes, It's true, I'm looking at a big handicap right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I also loved uh, all of Lewis's reactions to her. Like, he was clearly banging her the whole time they oh, were yeah. there. But his reactions to her were like, as if he was so absolutely offended by everything she had to say. Uh, I I also love the story of why the town was called Warm Springs. Oh, yeah. It had, all had to do with Native American women and getting uh, their period and going into the same spring at the same time. It gives you this this wonderful warm feeling like you're back in the womb. <laughs> Doing things you can only do in there. Like what the fuck is that? <laughs> and at the same time when this story's going on, uh, Mrs. Buford is taking a chicken bone and shoving shoving it into her mashed potatoes sexually while she's looking at Lewis. So she's literally boning her mashed potatoes. <laughs> and then this uh this black guy comes out which Lewis all of a, all of a sudden assumes that they have a slave still at this point in time and he's wearing a chalkboard around his neck. But well, I don't know if he thought he was a slave yeah, necessarily. Yeah, he, he, he even says he goes he goes a slave in this day and age. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he thought he was a slave. And then the guy gets all offended because he li just lives with the Bufords and they're teaching him all like how to like read and write and like all this other stuff. And he's actually really intellectual. He's going in this British accent about, <laughs> like, well, sir, I could get a, a couple pieces of wood and some twine with which to 
uh, tie them together so you can set them ablaze and make yourself feel more at home, sir. <laughs> yeah, and then he and the reason he had the chalkboard around his neck was so he could remember how to spell certain things <laughs> and, and to practice his reading and writing. I shall be in the garden playing basketball should anyone need me. Yeah, and then when he's playing basketball, he's just like a Harlem Globetrotter. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... And also, he tells a story how they used to hide from werewolves mm. in the warm springs. Because everyone knows werewolves are repelled by warm water. At this point, they're like, is that true? He's like, what? What you just said, is that true? He's like, was I just talking again? He's like, was I spewing like, out my mouth again? Sometimes I think that I am silent when these thoughts just flow between my lips. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then he tells the whole story about Uncle Cle Uncle Cleavon. Oh, he he said he took his nephew Jimmy Carter uh, out camping. Yeah. And that was when he was attacked by the werewolf. Yeah, like I got up to take a piss, still with his um, moonshine martini in his hand, when the werewolf comes up and he bites his leg, and he goes, "That sir was unnecessary." Just pulls out a pistol and shoots him dead, and you are dead, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's and then he goes and then he's uh. And then all of a sudden we're introduced to this woman, Peaches, who was apparently down, uh, uh, giving him a blowjob the entire time under the war in the when they're in the warm springs of the hot tub <laughs> or whatever they were in. And uh, when they go to leave after the whole night, they're, they eventually everybody gets in the hot tub after Lewis is done fucking Mrs. Buford. They all end up in the hot tub and they're all just like having a laugh. And when they go to leave the next day. He, uh, FDR tells Cleavon that he's going to make him his VP. His VP of hot tubs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's like, Sir, I, I'm so choked up. I will do whatever I can to get you the state of Georgia. Our votes swing. <laughs> she and I, my wife, she and I will suck as many dicks as it takes to get you the state of Georgia. <laughs> So then we cut to them sitting in the governor's mansion listening for the election results. Oh my results. god, this part was insane. This is probably the most insane part of the whole movie. Apparently FDR's oldest son named James uh, comes in there to give him news about, you know, which states had finished tallying their votes and all. He's like, I've got great news, and Eleanor goes, being gay is not great news, James. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, "No, you've you've won all but you know these states. So you're the president now." And they they write him off until they hear it on the radio. So then they all just go ape shit. Like Ellen, Eleanor takes the big thing she was knitting and throws it into the roaring fireplace. Uh, FDR takes a pitcher of milk, pours it over himself, and then and it, rips his shirt open. And then he takes a vase that was on the on the thing next to him and starts humping it. Oh yeah, he's just like thrusting it so uh, hard. Uh, I forget what Lewis Look, is doing. He's pouring like gumballs into his oh, mouth yeah. and all over his body. <laughs> and then his son James, which I wasn't sure what he was doing at first. Oh, I knew. <laughs> but I thought, oh, okay, I thought two things. I thought what he was doing, and then I thought maybe glass ass. Oh. <laughs> I seriously thought that it was glass, like, literally he was shoving a jar up his ass. But no, he was shitting in it instead, which he does another time in the movie, too. He decides to shit in this glass vase right when their first Secret Service agent comes in to offer them his protection. He just sees everybody, he's like, what the fuck is going on here? And they're all like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm just fucking with you. Woodrow Wilson did the same shit when he won. <laughs> 
And then he goes, but your son over there sitting under that jar, that's pretty messed up. <laughs> and they all look at him and they're like giving him like the evil eye. And uh, so this is when we're finally introduced to essentially the bad guys of the movie, which are not just werewolves, but werewolf Hitler, werewolf Mussolini. And werewolf Hirohito. Uh, yeah, he werewolf Hirohito, who was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> hello. Alright, hello. <laughs> werewolf Mussolini was great, too. He basically talked like your like typical gang, like mafia uh, guy instead of like... Yeah, and the, the stereotypical Italian thing. He's like, uh, Hitler gets him on conference call to tell him that FDR just won. He's like, oh, great. The last thing we need is a biggest swing and a dick in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how they all kept killing their... Uh, Phone operators. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, like, a thing. They just kept... And even the one guy, he goes... He came back, the one mafia, because he's like, I'll send some of my mafia guys over. And the mafia guy comes back later on in the film, huh? and he goes, here, can you plug that into Hitler for me? And he goes, like, uh, uh, I guess. And he like, I really hasn't to do so. And the second he plugs it in, he shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who operates these things for any of these guys instantly gets shot. And they're constantly making fun of Japan. Oh, yeah. Like, Japan is... Like just like the bitch of the whole like uh, the whole like plan. Well, the Nazi plot before the whole World War Two thing gets underway is to take the U.S. out by sending over um, tainted beer, wine, and sake with werewolf blood in it. It'll turn all of America into werewolves. <laughs> so. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I'll send some of my beer, you can send some of your wine, and Hirohito's like, and I'll send some of our sake, and Hitler goes, sake is for women once the gay community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, all those guys who played all those characters were absolutely hilarious. Then there's a point where, during this, they're showing some FDR stuff, and he's just like, I'm going to dictate all over my dictate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got this wonderful hot secretary now in the White House. Yeah, oh yeah, she and she is uh has this really odd hot dog fetish, which you don't find out till a little bit later, but she she's all she has the hots for FDR and and he's kind of like going after her, I mean him just being the president and also Eleanor not wanting anything to do with him anymore. But then he decides he wants to do a speech on the radio and they have this uh this black guy that there. I don't really know what his job was other than just to turn the radio on. Yeah, his name was something Freeman and Lewis goes Freeman, kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, turn on the radio. The Delano needs to chat fireside up in this bitch. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, he's like, this is Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a.k.a. the Delano, a.k.a. the baby juice maker. <laughs> <laughs> and as the guy's like scratching the record in the back, and he's yeah. like, and he's like, I'm freestyling this shit, bitch. <laughs> and then they're showing all these people listening to, uh, and that's when they show Lewis again. He's at like a flower stand, and for uh, James, his son James. Oh right, right. He's working James. at a flower yeah. stand, and for some reason he just stops to shit in a vase again. Yeah. And then the owner goes, "Cut that shit out, damn it! If your daddy wasn't president, I would steam your chest like I was Grover Cleveland." <laughs> And then they also cut to a bathroom where there's a a glory hole, yeah. uh, like being like monitored. It's not. It's not even just like oh, this like little like you know like a glory hole, and it's just like oh, this weird little thing. It's like there's like an intercom system too, and the person's like glory hole number four is now open. Yeah. 
<laughs> Hang on, I gotta get back to work. Oh wait, the president's on. I want to make sure everybody gets back to work and not <laughs> dude, glory. And then he's talking about uh, like booze and stuff like that. And Cleavon Buford is is shown in his house making toilet wine. Yeah, and he's like, we don't gotta make the toilet wine no more. Well, he's got this giant sock on his hand that comes out stained with wine, and then he immediately goes and sucks on it. <laughs> and then he go, and then she's like. And she's like, after he gets off the thing, she's like, what was that all about? He's like, I was freestyling. And then she's like, she's like, what was all that about parents pushing their beds together? Oh, that's just inappropriate, you know. Yeah, he's like, oh no, we live in a different time now. Parents should be pushing their beds together. I think we all know a goddamn stork doesn't bring babies anymore. <laughs> oh, man. And then, and then, um, after he gives the speech, is when we're introduced to Ray Weiss's character as Douglas MacArthur. D- yeah, Douglas MacArthur. Dougie Mac. Yeah, Dougie Mac. They all had like those different names. Uh, who else was the other guy that was in it? Einstein was right there with him. No, the, Eisenhower. Yeah, That's Eisenhower. Not till way later, though. Yeah, what was his nickname? Oh fuck. Oh, yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I yeah, I can't remember what his nickname was either. But like he wasn't in it nearly as much as all the other characters, so I kind of just like eh. Yeah, but right right away Ray Weiss is like, "Oh, my father was a midget, so I'll keep this short." Yeah. <laughs> He's explaining how they've caught some of the tainted um beer and wine. He's like, "Yeah, some college students got a hold of some of this tainted beer and went full on beast mode. Like they turned into <laughs> werewolves and they all had to be killed." And then he explained what happened with the werewolf blood in there. And FDR goes, "Wonder cunt." And Harry Weiss goes, "Yes, it's a real fuckery." <laughs> And then they we also found a case of the stupid uh, sake, unopened, of course. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you're not gonna drink sake unless you got a case of dick in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then foam out the ass, and then Einstein goes something about testicular something. He goes, "Shut the fuck up, Einstein!" <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks like he just bows his head down, and, like howls in the corner. <laughs> so then, um. Well, then the werewolf mafia shows up after this, which is absolutely hilarious. When FDR is like talking shit to him, he's like, "Is that your face or a vagina? Is that your face? Or are you talking out of a vagina?" <laughs> and then this is when we first see the machine gun wheelchair. Oh yeah, which was absolutely Einstein hilarious. wheels it out for him, the Delano two thousand <laughs> with two big old missile launcher armrests and machine guns on the wheels that fire automatically when you spin them. <laughs> All blinged out to shit, of course, and they find out where this warehouse is, where supposedly all the rest of this tainted beer and wine is. FDR goes there to take it out himself, completely alone. Yeah, with the and three mafia guys unloading the werewolf mafia guys unloading the shit. He ends up killing two of the werewolf mafia guys and leaves one alive. The one guy's begging for his life, and he's what? like, "I'll suck your dick." Yeah, I'll suck your <laughs> dick, man. You're like, my God, man, show some dignity. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here and tell your boss who's running things. And so then he fires his missile launchers, and just with the two missiles, apparently blows up the whole warehouse with you know. The- yeah, and then he yells, "Delano, don't give a fuck." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then he goes back to Mussolini to tell him what happened and uh, what happened. Oh, everybody's a dead. Like what? How? Oh, it was FDR. He rolled up in some kind of wheel fucking chair. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then he's he- like, "How'd you get out of it? You suck at a dick." <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and then he ends up killing that guy when he plugs in the phone. Oh, yeah. And then when he calls Hitler, he's like, Hitler, are you with that big titted girl? Are you playing beer pong again? With, with that big titty girl? <laughs> Which he is. They've got, like, these, uh, these really nice, like artistic beer steins they're using for cups and he's sitting there playing with her oh shit shh, shh. like why would you not want people to know that i was playing beer pong with a naked big titty girl i'd want the world to know <laughs> and, I, and I, one thing i also really liked was when they're all discussing what countries they were going to take over like uh, hitler's like oh i'm poland for lunch and uh <laughs> then they're like oh i'm gonna take over china and uh-huh. then mussolini goes and i'll take over ethiopia <laughs> and he's like ethiopia you fucking Pussy! <laughs> oh, come on, you'll need some reinforcements from it from it to south, huh? Like, uh, not really, but okay, whatever. And um, they're like, oh, uh, yeah, they destroyed all our tainted beer and wine, and like, uh, Hero Hito's like, wait, wait, wait. The delivery guy interrupts him. He's just like, I'm, I'm on the phone here. No, sir, you need this. And like, he opens a letter. It was a tainted sake sent back with a letter that said, <laughs> don't wait. Where is it? Yeah. Don't ever send this pussy shit over here again. XOFDR. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like how this, another time they bring back Clavon Buford is they're all on the um, Oval Office together. Right when uh, Winston Churchill comes yeah, in. Yeah, Winston for Churchill comes meeting. in and he wants a drink and. Cleveland Buford is like, oh, I always bring my own. And he's got a little martini shaker, and he's like, yeah. call this the Georgia sweet tea. <laughs> yeah. And he takes a sip, and he goes, that stuff is a dead man's cock. I take great pride in that, sir. My father passed away with an erection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, that character, absolutely the best. And uh, there's more like little leg jokes and stuff in this scene. And at, once everybody leaves, is another is a part. It's it, it was funny, but it was also absolutely disgusting. Oh, hold at on, the same hold time. on, wait, oh. wait, because um, Churchill's trying to convince the U.S. to give him some aid in the war, even though they haven't joined yet. And they're like, "Why should we do that? Because uh, Hitler's starting to take over, and we're we're the only allies you'll have in Europe that speak English." And they're like, "What about Ireland?" They all laugh. <laughs> Those <laughs> potato fuckers. <laughs> We need somebody we can understand, thank you. <laughs> and they're talking about, like, leasing him certain military equipment and vehicles and all that, and, yeah, he'll just pay for what you use. And then Cleavon offers up his wife to Churchill. She's like, you could lease my wife. She goes, yeah, and whatever holes you use, you pay for. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then uh, this this is when we first find out, and this scene was absolutely just, it was gross, but it was hilarious, that the secretary, uh, the secretary she has like a thing for his legs, especially since they look like hot dogs, because she was, it used to be in the Coney Island hot dog eating contest, <laughs> and she ends up, start, she starts jerking his legs off. She's literally just stroking his legs, like, oh, insanely. Yeah. She pulls up his pant legs, and you see him all bouncing around again, and then she just starts going with the, oh. And then he's like, yes, yes. And then <laughs> as that, and then she gets up at one point. I thought she was done. Yeah. And she pulls up her skirt, and underneath her garter, she has a ketchup bottle and a mustard bottle, and she ends <laughs> up putting squirting them all over his legs. Yeah, like, she basically bukkakes him with these things, but just on the legs, and then starts really going to town. 
I'm like stroking, licking, and everything. Rubbing else. her whole face and everything oh, yeah. in this ketchup and mustard. It was, it was actually kind of disgusting. Uh, but then Lewis walks in and is just like, oh, what the fuck? He's like, what are you doing? And then, he, and the, oh no, actually, Eleanor walks yeah. in first. Mm-hmm. And she's like, is Eleanor Roosevelt going to have to smack a hoe? Uh, is Eleanor Roosevelt going to have to strong arm a hoe? Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, she's like, get off him, bitch. And then, as she's all upset and yelling at him, Lewis walks in and is like, what the fuck, Frank? And he's like, it looks like somebody, like a rainbow shit on your legs. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, clean yourself up, and he's like, well, hand me a towel. He's like, I think you're going to have to wash those things. <laughs> and then they, and then he goes into um, Eleanor's room, and they have this huge argument over his little legs. Well, he goes in there, he's like, oh, so this is what this room looks like after years in the White House. Like, he's only just now in her bedroom, and not even invited, like, he had to just come in. Yeah. Uh, and then when they meet Eisenhower... Is also one of my really, one of my favorite parts too. Is he Eisenhower? The first thing he says is like, he's like, oh, it's like a, he's like, all oh, this shit is like a hot dog con- eating contest gone wrong. <laughs> and Franklin Delano Roosevelt just absolutely takes just absolute offense to this and is so pissed off. He's like, what the fuck did you just say? Hot dog eating contest. <laughs> And then when he's talking with um, Douglas MacArthur, he goes, player to player, pimp to pimp. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this whole discussion essentially starts World War II. It's like their, their decision to start going to war. But but before they end up going to any war or anything like that is the scene we mentioned before with uh, where he smokes weed with Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, for some reason... I don't know how he gets this, but somebody tells him to go look in George Washington's humidor, which is just full of, like, old rolled joints already. <laughs> yeah, and then he, uh... So he, he lights up, and then the, the port, or the picture of Abe Lincoln comes to life and starts talking to him. He's like, you gonna keep smoking that thing like a prom date, or let the honest one have some? <laughs> yeah, and then he's talking about how Mary Todd just wanted to go to that fucking play, and... Uh, and he's like, and he's like, look over there. Well, well, this is when we find out that Lincoln can fly. Yeah. He's like, oh, I can fly too. <laughs> and they start flying off and he goes, look, there's my, there's my statue over there. And he goes, am I going to get one of those? He's like, nope, but you're going to have about a thousand high schools named after you. And he's like, mm, all right. <laughs> and, uh, and then they make more, um, there's another hot dog joke when they're flying and they see the hot dog vendor and he's like, Hey, FDR! Yeah. And he's like, Fuck you! <laughs> and then they come across that black guy fucking that white chick. And he's yeah, like, he's hanging out the window and she's got her tits hanging out and I was like, like, Thanks, Lincoln! Look! I'm fucking a white girl! <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden this animated eagle comes flying in uh, that was named... Um, why am I blanking? Oh, Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. There we go. Why did I blink on that? Yeah, because Sam the Eagle, like I thought of the Muppets instantly. Yeah, and then he's like, grab onto his wings. He's like, he'll, he'll let you fly. He's like, I'm way too heavy for that. He's like, well, he carried... Uh Carried Taft. Yeah, he carried Taft, so he could definitely carry you. And they're like, oh! And then he lets go, and he goes to grab onto the wings, and he can't grab on. And it just lets him drop, and Lincoln's like, hey, what has two wheels, looks gay, and isn't a bicycle? You! (laughs) (laughs) So then he wakes up, or he's done, like, hallucinating, and he's just holding onto this gum. 
statue of an eagle, but then he looks over at the Lincoln picture and it winks at him. <laughs> but yeah, I thought Kevin Sorbo was great as Lincoln. Uh, so then when they're ready to start bombing, uh, Lewis wants to go with him because FDR uh, decides that he's going to he's gonna fly the first plane to kill the werewolves. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, there's no side... He's like, I ain't got no sidecar on here. Yeah, this is a... I'm a motorcycle of death. I ain't got no sidecar. And I was like, and then all, and when, once this all started happening, I was just like, oh my god, I wish this was like, this was really what people were teaching in school. And stuff he's like giving that. the speech to the troops and talking about how he's going to be leading them on their uh, mission into Germany or towards Germany anyway. He's like, I know what you're thinking. How the hell are we going to storm the beaches of Normandy, take down an entire army of werewolves, and still make it to a French titty bar by a last call? <laughs> so... Uh, FDR comes flying in full speed, just like taking out all the werewolves, and he takes out Mussolini, and before Mussolini died, he was like, I want him to go to America and open up a chain of restaurants. Olive Garden. It'd be a nice place where you're treated like a family. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so uh, they think that FDR is dead. Because on the radio, it's like, for some, somehow, some way... Hitler himself is, like, manning a Gatling gun shooting at his well, plane. Yeah he's, he's, yeah, he's the only one left out of the big three that are uh, that were there. And for some reason, they have they get it in on the radio, the, uh, the like, FDR on his, on his like, uh, intercom in the plane. He's exclaiming, Jesus, Hightower, Christ! And right before he cuts off, it's time to go crippled and crazy on these motherfuckers. And he cuts off, and I love how Eleanor was like, give me that bottle that Mr. Jack Daniels sent over. Yeah, and she just chugs half the fucking thing. Like, wow. Yeah, and it's like a little, like a minute-long scene of yeah. that, just like yep. chugging and chugging and chugging and chugging. Oh, right, right before he seems like he's going to crash, he goes, picture me rolling <laughs> west side till I die. <laughs> and he's crawling through the plane to go crawl to his wheelchair and to crawl towards a parachute, and all of a sudden, out of this box pops out Cleavon Buford, <laughs> which for whatever reason, he's he's here to rescue FDR in case he ended up getting in this kind of trouble, but he didn't pack a parachute for himself. <laughs> so he jumps out of the plane with FDR in his battle wheelchair with his parachute, and then he's just falling next to him. Well, turns out I'm, I'm dead because I forgot a parachute for myself. And Make sure you take care of my wife for me. Yeah, and he's like basically just wanted him to bang Mrs. Buford one last time. So yeah, and then FDR, he, the, everyone thinks he's dead. This yeah, is like it's the been next, a couple weeks. Yeah, he, everyone thinks he's been dead. You know, I love when that chef comes in and he's like, "Does anybody want any moose?" Chocolate moose, and that black guy's like, "Oh, I'd take some." And then moose is like, "Get the fuck out of here!" I guess if, if I was white, I would have got some chocolate moose. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, FDR... Sorry, I'll just go back to standing in the corner and being black. <laughs> and FDR shows back up all beat up and... <laughs> Who ordered the burnt honky with a side of polio? <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he he explains how he killed Hitler and Mussolini both. <laughs> and in his with his wheelchair, he just took everybody down. Yep. And essentially won the war by himself, what it made it sound like. <laughs> and then his mistress... 
is there because she was so distraught and upset when he died. She's, she's listening the, yeah. in the next room with a, a glass to the wall, and she's like, you know, and she pulls out a couple of hot dogs <laughs> and like squeezes them, and then like starts shaking them when he's uh, when she finds that he's alive, and then uh, at the end. The last thing that's said is Lewis. He looks at the camera and he's like, "It's Frank Franklin Delano Roosevelt, motherfucker." <laughs> and then that's literally how the movie ends. This movie was absolutely just great. I love. I, I was laughing so hard watching it. This is definitely. I'd like to watch this with a group of people for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, I was actually talking to um, a friend of ours, Tony, who about. Getting a group of get people together to watch some movies and record some stuff. So maybe we'll have a group di- drunken group dis- discussion on some movies. Oh my god! At some yes. point soon, we'll pick some uh, real doozies. That's for sure. Actually, I have a couple that I wouldn't mind watching, especially a uh, hard ticket to Hawaii. I think it's probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, and I have it. So <laughs> that will probably have to be at least one of them. Uh, so, uh, this was episode 13. This... Oh, let's not cut it off. Oh, quite that's, yet. that's fine. It's fine. I feel I should throw this out because I actually read at the end of the credits. Oh, and I forgot to mention something as well. So where Ross Patterson mentioned, you know, uh, special thanks to all these people and anybody who gives a fuck about independent movies because, frankly, the direct to video market is slowly but surely fading away. I know Warner Brothers recently closed down its um, direct to video movie wing called Warner Premier. The things that were in progress are going to be shifted to other divisions and finished, but a lot of them are being shut down just because of, unfortunately, so many people just getting things online now that the direct-to-video market isn't isn't as big and isn't as profitable and might be going away. So if we want to keep getting movies like this, we should all really, you know put some money into these so i know i plan to get a copy of this and pool boy mm-hmm. in the near future mm-hmm. so we can keep um i know he's got another one in the works you mentioned helen keller versus yes Night i Wolf. found this out bef- uh, while watching this one while looking up some of the actors neck in 2013 he's coming out with helen keller versus night wolves she's a natural born killer and actually in this one he reprises his role as saint james street james yes. from pool boy drowning out the fury so if you don't want to just keep getting the same old insulting god awful Hollywood crap even though <laughs> granted this isn't like top tier stuff it's still enjoyable and not you know puerile and PG and just you know insulting please put some some money behind good movies when you see them well even good you know goofy ridiculous movies yeah um and actually one thing I think that helps these movies out as well and gets them a big following is Netflix I feel that that helps these some of these movies out, like Things Killing. I think that's a movie that was was out and it was there, but I think I, I always see them crediting Netflix for a lot of their success. And I think I think a lot of people end up seeing this stuff on here. And you know, I mean, I, w- I would have never saw Pool Boy if it wasn't for Netflix. That's true, but I I don't know. I don't know what kind of cut they get, yeah. but, but they might. But they get people like us that like see it, and then they want to go buy it, and then they tell other people about it. So I think I think things like Netflix really does help support some independent fronts, and in some markets, some direct-to-video stuff does do really well still. I I, I know, but if, I, I, considering Warner Brothers just yeah. shut down its direct-to-video oh, yeah. division, I thought that was a big you know yeah. uh oh yeah. Uh, 
But I'd say in some markets it does still exist, some not, like especially ones with video stores still. Like around here, if you go to the family video, like down the street from here, uh, you'll all the direct video stuff, people are renting that stuff like crazy. Because there's all oh, you get a lot of people that walk in the store and they still do the thing where they've never heard they you know, they don't know what's what and they don't really know that this is like some crappy, you know, terrible straight direct to video like American Pie bullshit. Right. Whatever, and they just rent the shit out of it. Yeah, like, for you'll... some reason, like wrong turn seems to be becoming the next <laughs> saw thing now. I think they're on five and God help me, I'm sure a six is in the works. <laughs> but like you'll see that like I was telling somebody the other day about uh, I watched this movie called Safety Not Guaranteed which was a great movie I highly recommend checking it out it's not on Netflix or anything but it just came out on uh, DVD and Blu-ray not long ago and it was a great movie and I was like oh you gotta go check it out and they're like oh maybe I'll, they're like oh yeah I'm gonna have to go try to rent that at uh, Family Video and I was like yeah I was like hopefully they have, I'm sure they'll have it but they'll probably have one copy of that and then ten copies of the latest Sci-Fi Channel original mm. because actually a lot of people go in there and they just rent that kind of like just direct to video stuff for whatever reason I don't know why sometimes you'll see people in the video store looking at some of that stuff well like if they saw Dear American Badass you know movies that are actually like awesome and legit that's one thing but sometimes you'll see people and they're looking at Mega Shark versus you know Giant uh. Octopus and oh this looks interesting <laughs> and yeah, though, I mean, I know people that have worked at family like video stores and family video in particular because that's kind of like the new thing now for video store rental stores. But I, I'm sure in some markets, video stores don't even exist anymore. But here, oh, that yeah. family video is packed all the time, especially well, I mean, on the weekends. There used to be a blockbuster presence around here, and that's gone. Yeah. I honestly thought the chain was gone, but there is still one down in um. I don't know if it was Bloomington or normal because the border was fuzzy there, but there is at least one still active down around ISU, but who knows if it's still there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I know they went bankrupt and all that stuff and went under and almost all of them are gone, but... I mean, they were kind of, towards the end of their end of their wave there, they ended up being way more overpriced than other video stores. I think something like Family Video kind of got it right with doing the dollar movies. Like, every movie here is a dollar except for new releases. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the way to go. Because I think people aren't going to want to spend $5 for a movie that was from, like, 1985 right. or something that they've seen a bunch of times. But, hey, you know, I haven't seen this in a while. I want to rent this. But I don't want to pay five dollars for it. Right. I want to just pay a dollar. I can still get it for five nights or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, I think they kind of got it right. I mean, there's plenty of them around, so they're clearly doing something right. But yeah, I can't wait for Helen Keller versus Night Wolves. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely hilarious. Uh, I, um, one. I don't know if we did it last time, but we keep trying to remember to do it. And as far as Netflix recommendations, uh, I go ahead and recommend the movie. We, I watched two documentaries recently. One was called Card Subject of Change about independent pro wrestling circuit, which was really interesting, kind of sad. But, I, I mean, people that even don't like wrestling, I think, would enjoy it. Uh, we watched that recently, and I watched After Porn Ends, which was a movie about uh, porn stars and what they do after they get out of the porn business. And that was also <laughs> really interesting. Or more like what they're allowed to do, if anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a big part of it. Like, you know, oh, you were in porn, but you can't do this. But all these... Like, the one guy, he was real big on, like, donating to charities and stuff, but there was no way any charity would ever want any money from him because he was a porn star. And it's like... Awesome, oh, huh? Yeah, like, okay, he wants to give all this money to these charities, you know, for good causes, but they won't, don't want to take his money because he's a porn star, so the only way he could really give any money to charities was by playing in golf 
Excuse me, sir. These children in Africa would rather continue to starve exactly. That's than what he take said. money from the likes of you. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he's like he's like all these politicians and corrupt assholes can donate all this money, whatever, and do all these terrible things. But he's like, all I did was uh, bang some broads on on film, and I can't even you know donate money. So what he did was like. He does a lot of like celebrity golf outings and uh, charity golf outings, and that's kind of the way he could was the only way he was able to donate to charity <laughs> and stuff like that. So, but yeah, those were both great uh, watches if you're into documentaries. So, and Netflix is full of them. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about FDR American Badass? I, I mean, I absolutely loved it. I hope Ross Patterson continues to make more amazing films. There's actually another one that's on Netflix that I watched that he did called Screwball the Ted Whitfield Story. Hmm. Uh, I recommend checking that out. It's pretty, pretty funny. There are some pretty. There were some like fame, more famous comedians in there, like uh, John DiMaggio was in there, <laughs> and uh, a few others. But I enjoyed it. It was it wasn't that as good as like Pool Boy and this was, but I thought it was still pretty funny. It was about a a wiffle ball league, <laughs> and this guy Ted Whitfield, who was like the greatest wiffle ball player of all time. And did Ross Patterson have a part in it? He was Ted Whitfield. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's in it and he wrote it and stuff. So it was it was pretty funny. I I liked it. So, uh, I also see that he had a pilot that he was in develop- development with, with IFC, but I don't know whatever happened with it, and it was called St. James Street James Presents. <laughs> oh, man. I hope that's still going to happen. Yeah, I, I, and yeah, St. James Street James Presents Delirium Cinema, <laughs> and it was nominated and won Best Comedy in 2011 New York Television Festival. And then he won a develop. That's when he won the de- uh, the deal at IFC to cr- um, write and create his own show. So, oh, it says uh, Patterson created, wrote, and starred and produced the show, which supposedly features a director looking back at the hundred worst films ever made. But they're all like fake, like pool mm-hmm. boy style, like thing. So. Uh, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. That was just uh, 2011 when he won that. And I mean, some, sometimes things take a little bit longer to get going. So IFC is pretty good on letting people do kind of shit like that. So I, uh, maybe that'll end up being the thing. I hope so, because Ross Patterson is a really, really funny guy. I think, yeah, definitely. So uh, this was episode 13. Episode 14, we're going to cover the movie Cross Worlds. This is 1996 movie starring Rutger Hauer and Josh Charles. Unbeknownst <laughs> to Joe, he holds a secret to interdimensional travel in the form of a pendant left by his father. But when a beautiful res- resistance fighter turns up in Joe's dorm one night, he's drawn into a battle to save Earth. <laughs> and imagine a place where all dimensions of the universe collide. Cross worlds. There's not much on the wiki page for this thing except for a small uh, description. Uh, so I don't even know. Let's see. The person who wrote this movie, director, writer. Oh, not really much. I think he was only directed one movie, <laughs> directed some episodes of Angel. Dawson's Creek, The Pretender, The Chronicles, She Spies, Who The was Unit, Nine Hundred Two and O, Krishna Rao. Huh. Uh, they were. He was a cop, uh, camera operator on Halloween, The Fog, Bachelor Party, Predator Two, Ricochet, and Star Trek Gener- Generations. Okay. So I think he only had the one movie, Cross Worlds. Uh, <laughs> interestingly, 
I guess in a BTV connection. The name of the city from VR Troopers was Cross World City. Hmm. <laughs> well, there we go. We got a... Oh, it says Jack Black is in this movie. Oh, yeah. It says Jack Black as Steve. <laughs> so, yeah, next week we're going to jump into 1996 Cross Worlds. Uh, you know, jumping back a little bit, we've... You know, we did some TV there for a little bit. We did a newer thing, and now we're going to jump, uh, you know, back to the 90s and check out some B sci-fi. And I'm sure this movie will be ridiculous. It looks ridiculous just from the picture in the, on the poster. So, uh, for B Movie Breakdown, I'm Corey. I'm FDRC. And you are dead, sir. It's the best of the worst. <laughs>